Welcome to In Case You Missed It, the Joplin Globe's weekly podcast that reviews last week's news. I'm digital editor Joe Hadsel, and in this episode, we'll recap the five biggest news stories from across the region. Then, I'll share some thoughts and tips about how to look at politics in a way that might make it easier for you to navigate this election season with your sanity intact. We won't be talking about any specific political issues or parties, and I can't promise I'll make Thanksgiving dinner any easier this year, but maybe we can make it easier to have discussions that don't regress into arguments. And now, in case you missed it, September 15, 2019. A man found dead following an exchange of gunfire with Jasper County deputies was identified as Kenneth T. Ashburn, 28, of Bella Vista, Arkansas. Deputy Justin Henry, a seven-year veteran of the sheriff's office, was shot in the leg during the exchange of gunfire with Ashburn, about a mile east of the Missouri Southern State University campus in Joplin. Henry and three other deputies were responding to a call reporting a stolen vehicle when they came under fire from a man in an outbuilding. Henry was shot in his right calf. A Jasper County jury convicted Bradley Cook of first-degree assault and armed criminal action in a stabbing that cost Alan Johnson his right leg. A jury of 10 women and two men found Cook, 33, guilty on both counts at the conclusion of a two-day trial in Jasper County Circuit Court, during which Cook claimed to have been acting in self-defense when he stabbed the 23-year-old victim three times with a knife during a fight two years ago outside the front entrance of Watered Gardens in downtown Joplin. About 75 applications have been formally filed in Missouri to run medical marijuana operations in the southwest part of the state. The applications, covering Jasper, Newton, Barry, Lawrence, Barton, and Vernon counties, are among more than 2,100 total applications from businesses across Missouri, according to information from the State Department of Health and Senior Services. The department said more than half of the applicants, 1,163 of them, were seeking to operate one of the 192 dispensaries the state plans to license. Coming in second was applications for cultivation operations with 554. The state plans to license just 60 of those ventures. The United Way of Southwest Missouri and Southeast Kansas set a 2019 and 20 fundraising campaign goal of $825,000. Funding from United Way focuses on local agencies that work in one of three categories, education, health, and financial stability. Specific strategies undertaken by those agencies and supported by United Way include ensuring that children enter school ready to succeed, promoting a healthy lifestyle, and avoiding substance abuse creating access to physical and dental health care, increasing employment skills, and offering resources for financial literacy and affordable housing. And finally this week, the Joplin affiliate of the American Legion, called the Robert S. Thurman Post No. 13 in memory of a Joplin-area World War I serviceman, honored its 100th anniversary at its annual Veterans Expo at Memorial Hall. The National Legion Group, the country's largest wartime veteran service organization, in March formally recognized its centennial. During a special presentation, Post 13 received congratulations, resolutions, proclamations, and a U.S. flag from the Missouri Senate, Missouri House, City of Joplin, and representatives of U.S. Representative Billy Long of Missouri's 7th District and Missouri U.S. Senator Roy Blunt. The affiliate boasted about 700 members when it started in September of 1919. Four years ago, membership consisted of just five people, but membership is on the rebound again. Today, there are about 275 members. 
And now for our feature this week. I wanted to share an epiphany that has transformed how I look at current events and how I interact with my friends online. I, like many of you, have a wide variety of friends across multiple social networks. That includes Facebook, Twitter, and a video gaming group. We talk about a lot, including movies, video games, current events, sci-fi TV shows, memes, gossip, grilling techniques, you name it. Sometimes the conversation turns to politics, and as you can imagine, when that happens, things usually go downhill. Even on an internet chat, when we are only using microphones for our voices, I can still hear eyes roll. But thanks to my new way of looking at politics, I've been able to have productive political conversations. I've been able to actually enjoy political discussions. And most importantly, I've been able to kind of moderate and redirect my more politically passionate friends from diving into a fruitless impasse of yelling talking points at each other and posting terrible memes. And I'm reminded of this epiphany every time football season rolls around. Think about your favorite team. Maybe your favorite sports team is the Kansas City Chiefs. They are particularly exciting these days, thanks to current MVP Patrick Mahomes. Or maybe you like a team from another sport. We have a lot of baseball fans here who cheer for the St. Louis Cardinals and Kansas City Royals. Or maybe you don't root for pro teams and you stick to colleges and universities. Maybe you instinctually scream, Z-O-U, whenever you hear a fellow Missouri fan scream, M-I-Z. Or maybe you're Rock Chalk Jayhawk, Pig Suey, Boomer Sooner, or Roll Tide. Maybe you keep your fandom local. The only athletic logo you need is the one that represents uh, the high schools from Joplin, Webb City, Carthage, Carl Junction, or Neosho. You're certainly in healthy company here. There's a lot of you. Or maybe you don't cheer for anyone in particular. That's okay, too, whether you just enjoy the game or if you think all the games are pointless wastes of time, there's nothing wrong with not having a favorite team. For you, it might be a favorite group of characters and a story that you root for, such as the stalwart Hufflepuffs who might support Gryffindors but get tired of all their drama. Or maybe you cheer on the Night Vale Scorpions and can't understand anything about those terrible, awful, horrible people who cheer on the Desert Bluff Vultures. Who do you root for? What does it feel like to root for them? Do you feel pride when they win and shame when they lose? Do you stand by them during their darker days? I am a fan of the New Orleans Saints. I was born in New Orleans, and even though my family moved to New Jersey when I was three, we still continued to cheer for the Saints. As a kid, I drew fleur-de-lis everywhere. Growing up, when Dad would take a business trip to New Orleans, he'd bring back something that couldn't be found anywhere where we lived in New Jersey or Missouri after we moved here. A Saints t-shirt. Every so often, we'd get the opportunity to see something amazing, the Saints actually playing on TV. And once in a blue moon, Dad would take me to see the New Orleans Saints play live. Now, the internet has been outstanding for my fandom. As an adult, I have money to buy as many Saints t-shirts as I want. It's pretty easy to find them thanks to local sports stores that carry plenty of gear for every team. But the internet makes it even easier to find awesome-looking Saints shirts, sweatshirts, hats, jersey, and more. My closet, I don't mind telling you, is full, and if you see me in public, there's an 80% chance I'm wearing one of those shirts. I have shrines of memorabilia, one on my desk in the Globe newsroom, and one in my home office. 
I talked about the internet being good for fandom. Keeping tabs on the team is much easier thanks to the internet as well. Now, confession time, back in high school, I don't think I could have told you the names of the legendary Dome Patrol, the the terrifying linebackers of the Saints during the late 80s and early 90s. But as an adult, the New Orleans Times-Picayune was a regular stop for me until that newspaper was acquired by The Advocate. That paper keeps me well informed about the team, including the status of the players, the challenges that opponents pose, and much more. Oh, there are plenty of other national websites that have Saints news. ESPN, Sports Illustrated, Fox Sports, NBC Sports. Plenty of outlets report about my favorite team, but I find myself returning to the advocate and trusting it the most. Not because it's a mouthpiece for the team, but because it's staffed by like-minded yet objective reporters. Now, some of you might ask, but wait, the NFL has its own news site now. You can get news there. And each team also has its own website issuing its own press releases. Why do you even need those other news sources when you can get news straight from the horse's mouth? I guess that's a good question, but you already know I'm a journalist, so you already know my answer, don't you? If I wait for news from an officially endorsed, government-approved channel... No, thank you. I prefer my news from unaffiliated sources who can be much more objective and critical. See, I want to know the truth about my team, not what the team only wants me to know. See, I'm a diehard fan. I've been a fan through wonderful Super Bowl winning days and continual appearances in the playoffs. I was also a fan during the Aints era, where fans wore paper bags on their heads. I was a fan when the team was punished for the alleged Bounty Gate scandal. My love for the Saints kept me from distancing myself or even boycotting the NFL over controversial actions the league took regarding uh, the punishments of players for instances of domestic violence or the unwillingness to face the music about concussions and uh, CTE. And I've stayed a fan through playoff heartbreak after playoff heartbreak, including last year's infamous NOLA no-call, where a missed pass interference call stole a trip to the Super Bowl away from the Saints. I also want to bond with other Saints fans in dealing with all of that, where we can discuss those strengths and weaknesses and triumphs and tragedies and determine what's really worth worrying about. I want to be in a crowd of people who yell, who dat? who commiserate with all my feelings about missed opportunities, and who will help me make fun of our rival, the Atlanta Falcons, I could easily think of three or 28 jokes about the Falcons right now. It feels good to be part of a group supporting the same thing. But even deeper than that, it feels good to simply support something. We don't get many chances to cheer for something or someone these days. When we do get that opportunity, we relish it. The surge of emotion feels outstanding. And when we're not the only one sharing in that emotion, wow, what a feeling. Fandom is big business these days, so it should come as no surprise that the trappings of fandom have spilled over into other parts of life. And that is why people treat politics like sports. Over the last two decades, as I've grown up in journalism, I've watched politics become much more partisan than ever before. Once political moderates had the power to elect presidents, now many political experts consider those same moderates politically homeless. Think about what passes for political discourse these days. Talking points, political memes, arguments, false equivalencies, awkward family dinners, you name it. 
All of those things are loaded with feelings and emotions that are infused into us while we are in our echo chambers and attached to us like a suit of armor no matter where we go. People treat politics like sports, and the parties and political movements are the teams. And when we pick up their talking points and memes, we become team players. We relish the time we spend with fellow fans. We love trash-talking our rivals. Reaching a consensus? Out of the question. We need a win, a victory, a championship. Don't believe me? Just read the comments on our Facebook page. You'll see this great game of politics play itself out every day. When you understand that people treat politics like sports, then you can start to see that the game is more than just a game. This is our American way of life at stake here, proudly assured to us in the First Amendment. This key is, of course, rooted in something that's very difficult to do, and that's listening to each other. But once we can understand what we are, either a team player, game enjoyer, or activity avoider, we can also start to understand what our friends are, and that is how we can have conversations or detect when an impasse has been reached. See, a team player doesn't want to be converted to another team. They want the win. A game enjoyer is fascinated by the process and strategies and may not be fully invested in a political issue. And the not-a-fan-avoiding types just want the madness to stop because it's pointless. Understanding that is critical for getting through this next election cycle or the next presidential term, or the next decade, or even more. See, the Pew Research Center for years has been following the growing gap between the two main parties for years, and things are getting worse. In July, Pew reported that the large majorities of Americans say the tone and nature of political debate has become more negative in recent years, and that Americans broadly agree that elected officials should avoid using heated language because it could encourage violence. So the ability to talk things through will be very important very soon because we have looming problems that need immediate attention. Not addressing them could lead to disastrous conditions, so right now we need to start working on... And that's the catch, isn't it? We all have different answers to fill in those seconds of silence. For most, the answers are pretty basic. For some, the answers are complicated. For a handful, the answers are disturbing. Whatever you support, I'm glad you support that, even if I might find the specific thing you support repugnant. At least it shows that you are thinking about more than just yourself. And we're going to need that in the future. As a journalist, I'm particularly focused on anything related to the First Amendment. I want people to be able to speak freely. I will also happily fight for transparency and openness in government. But I hope that as you talk about those things with your friends and family, or write about them on social networks, you can identify your inner sports fan and see where the fan takes over. Learn how to ask questions. Spot when you reach an impasse. And remember that what works for a football game does not work for politics. Our American way of life is much more than a game because in this life, it's possible for many teams to win. And 
that will do it for this week's episode of In Case You Missed It. We've been talking about social networks. The Globe is on quite a few of them. Of course, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook, where you'll find breaking news and regular updates on the former, and you'll find all that in a lot of conversation on the latter. We're also on Instagram, where you can see the outstanding photography created by our photojournalists. And you can also find us on Pinterest, where we share recipes from our food columnists, feel-good feature stories, incredible photography, and more that you can save for later. And of course, if you prefer not to use any of those apps, you can find us at JoplinGlobe.com. I'm Joe Hadsel. On behalf of everyone at The Globe, we hope you have a wonderful week.